paging Ray and TJ to the Fantasy OR. Welcome to the Fantasy OR. I'm Ray. And I'm TJ. And we're really close friends who have been in fantasy football leagues together for a long time. And last year, I invited TJ to co-manage a team with me. And I, I think he was, a, at first, he was a little reluctant to say yes. You know, it was, uh, it was definitely a whole new world for us where in the past usually kind of you know all of our fantasy secrets have been our fantasy secrets but talking about fantasy football together opened up a lot of new insight that i didn't have before um and i think it did the same for you too right ray oh absolutely 100 percent. i mean you were definitely more into stats and um more tangible things and uh me and my injury history background and I'm I'm more of a eye test kind of guy so I think that between the using our each other's strong point we were able to uh we were really able really to dominate our league that we were in and also we um were less afraid to talk to each other about other leagues and we both did very well in other leagues as well and uh we we definitely came together and it it, it was eye-opening well, I think this is going to really be the true test now. So we played better. We, uh, we ran a team well together, and our teams all outside of that did well. But now let's see if we can help other people to see if they can do better as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So full disclosure, before we go any further, um, we are based out of uh, Wisconsin, and we are both diehard Packer fans. So we we will probably definitely reference the Packers a lot. You're gonna hear a lot about the Packers. I I was gonna say that the before we go before we get into it, dive too deep into it that um, when we really started in preparation for this podcast when we really started to dive deep into some injuries and started uh, reading some like studies done by doctors. Um, it almost seemed that you should just never draft a player who's had a previous injury because everything points to the negative on it. And um, so as we go through these podcasts, we're going to learn um, how to decipher this information a little bit further. And um, hopefully um, everything won't seem so negative because it, it just seems to me like this episode is really a Debbie Downer. Well, at the end of the day, injuries really are a Debbie Downer. You know, it always does suck, especially when it's one of your your, you know, your first-round, second-round picks or somebody you spent all of your auction dollars at. So we're going to run through some injuries here, and we're going to start out with uh, Russell Wilson um, because that was one of the big blockbuster deals that went down this past week. Um, and he is coming off an injury. Uh, it definitely... Seemed to affect a play last year. I think he came back a little bit too early. Um, the av- uh, He ruptured a tendon in, uh, in his finger, an extensor tendon, and that is the tendon that stra- uh, straightens the finger. Um, it's also called mallet finger because you can't straighten your finger. It looks like somebody hit it with a mallet. Um, and uh, the jet- average recovery for this uh, injury is 
three to three to six months. Could take up to a full six months to regain full movement. So definitely think Russ came back a little early last year. He looked a little rusty to start, but as he went, uh, continued to play week to week, you could see that that finger started to get stronger, started to heal, and uh, by the end of it, he was end of the season, he was throwing five touchdowns to Tyler Lockett in one game. Helped me win a championship. So, I was uh, fairly happy about that. Yeah, Russ was only out for four weeks, um, you know, of actual playing time. And when he came back, he was uh, he was just not his regular self for a couple weeks there. That, uh, that deep ball accuracy was just not there. You know, and that's really his specialty is the accuracy. That's where he really kind of makes up for some of the areas where he does lack as a quarterback all around. Um, you know, he does have great football knowledge and his accuracy to really pick apart defenses. So that definitely did hurt him. Most definitely. Um, but I honestly think that he's going to make a full recovery. Like I said before, you could see that as he healed up and the finger got stronger, he got better playing down the road. So I don't really think that when it comes to Russell Wilson, you have to worry about this finger injury at all when it comes to drafting him. No, I would definitely agree there. Um, you know, I am I am taking Russ pretty high in my draft, I think, comparably. Um, you know, I'm definitely going to be taking him over Jalen Hurts. Um, he's definitely my my top ten, I would say, of quarterbacks. Are, I would, are, are you going to take him? Like, you, you, you are, uh, you, are a, a, you know, pretty much a – you stay away from Russ as much as possible. So with with this new situation here, with these new weapons, would would you be willing to draft Russell Wilson? Have you have you passed over that uh, I'm not touching Russell Wilson phase in your fantasy career? I did. In fact, last year I was over that phase, and I tried to draft him in several leagues last year, and I just didn't quite get him. Um, okay. I am definitely a value QB guy. I don't really like the big names. Um I like going for somebody a little bit later in the draft, and I kind of go for somebody that I think is going to provide me enough value. Um, and then I really try to prioritize my team needs in a lot of other areas. You know, I, I go for the big name running backs. I like to load up on running back as deep as humanly possible and uh, get a, a, a good handful of wide receivers, too. So, generally speaking, I will wait late for my quarterback. Um, so if you know if I can get Russ, I am going to be very happy getting him. Last year I made it to the Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins, and I was very happy with him. Um, but you're definitely taking Russ over Kirk Cousins. I'm definitely taking Russ over Kirk Cousins, <laughs> taking him over Aaron Rodgers even. So um, I've got him actually moved up pretty high on my board. Yeah, I'm the same way. I would I would take him over Aaron right now. I mean, we don't know what Aaron's weapons are going to be right now. His leading wide receiver is Alan Lazard and uh, that is ugly at best so um, I'm definitely going to take him over some of the other young running quarterbacks as well that seem to be, everybody seems to be has ranked really really high um, I'll, I'm going to put him I'm going to pair him with Matthew Stafford and uh, hopefully hopefully they'll fall to me because I generally don't like to take quarterbacks too early either so Go check out on Twitter. There was a video that we did share on our the Fantasy OR feed uh, with Russell Wilson throwing to Cortland Sutton, and, man, it looks like he can cook at a high altitude. 
Yeah, and uh, you know that that's the that's the biggest question to me is you know water boils faster in high altitude, so is uh, is that going to affect Russ's cooking skills? Is he going to be able to cook out there in Denver? We're gonna we're gonna find out. Okay, moving on. Um, we're gonna move on to the running back position now, and we're gonna talk to uh, talk about Derrick Henry here, um, and his uh, fifth met fifth met tarsal fracture um, that was surgically repaired. Um, Derrick Henry did make a comeback in the playoffs. This uh, this injury generally takes ten to eight weeks to re, uh, make a full recovery, but this is just a bone injury, um, and bone is the only tissue in the body that heals like for like. So. Bone creates new bone. Um, he should be 100% ready to go at the beginning of the season to take on the full workload, and I fully expect Tennessee to lean on him in a heavy fashion. Yeah, I am not worried with Derrick Henry. I will be taking him just as high as he can. First, second, third, I am very happy with him in any of those spots. I am definitely taking him before Christian McCaffrey this year. Yeah, uh, most definitely. Um, that's been the guy who's been uh, going number one in most drafts for the past couple of years, and that guy just can't seem to stay in the field, can he, TJ? Yeah, I've been reading that over the last two seasons. He's missed 23 total games. That is just a lot of football to miss, and if I'm spending a first-round pick on a guy, I cannot have him sitting on the sidelines that long. No, I mean, the, and that means in 33 games, he only played 10 games. And uh, that's a lot of draft capital we're spending on a guy who isn't on the field. Um, and it's, A lot of upside, though. There, There is definitely a lot of upside there. But right now, they don't have a quarterback. Um, they did sign DJ Moore to a long-term deal. This team is just going in a downward direction. Um, Matt Rule is still the head coach. So... I'm not looking to take him very high in drafts at all. No, I definitely agree. I'm going to let him fall um, either a, a complete pass, man. If he if he falls enough, I'm putting him down with Saquon Barkley, who is kind of on my don't draft list. And, I mean, he's going to be below Tony Pollard. He's going to be below A.J. Dillon. Um, these are guys that I'm not going to touch. How about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? You know, CEH does have a great skill set. He showed a lot in college. Um, we kind of got burned a little bit with him last year. We had him in our uh, our team that we co-managed together. I would definitely take him over Christian McCaffrey just based on the fact that I know he's going to be playing and he's in a good offense. And I think that's enough. That baseline is better for me than taking that possibility of having the number one RB just because the likelihood of it, ha- it the likelihood of it hitting is very low it, it's just not good odds so is the fact that the chiefs traded Tyreek Hill away today for a bunch of draft picks factor into that at all because that offense right now as it stands isn't going to be as explosive as it normally is now i'm assuming that the chiefs are going to make some moves and bring in another weapon or two possibly through a trade or through the draft but you know they they might have to lean on him a little bit more this year well, they did get five draft picks. I believe three are for this year and two are for next year. So um, they're definitely going to be able to add some weapons. Where that's going to be, I'm excited to see. Pending their moves, I mean, yeah, maybe I'll actually be a, a little higher on the CH horse than uh, I've been in the past. But you know who I'm definitely drafting CH before, though, is 
one guy who came back incredibly quick from a Achilles tendon injury and another who who had one last year and my I, I hope even plays this year I'm assuming that the two running backs that you were talking about are Cam Akers and James Robinson uh, it's pretty easy those are the guys pretty easy conjecture considering they both tore their Achilles um, man did a Cam Akers come back from an Achilles injury like fairly quickly and when he's on the field and watching the Rams games during the playoffs he just didn't look ready to be out there and um, doing some research on this this just has a terrible injury history for uh, for running backs I mean this 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 is a possible career ending injury so it was good to see him on the field he definitely lost a step Cam Akers, though, I am not going to touch him this year. One thing that we've, we, we kind of alluded to this, a lot of Debbie Downer information here with injuries, unfortunately, and, and that's going to be our goal is to try to spin it in a way that's going to be not only beneficial to everybody, but um, also hopefully a little bit positive. Um, the fact that he came back is definitely very positive, but generally speaking, after a major injury, uh, most players do have a, a decline in their production. So... Um, I'm not really going to bet on the fact that he's going to come back even better. Um, I'm definitely betting on the fact that he's going to come back as a lesser version of what he was, at least for this upcoming year. Now, hopefully he'll come back stronger next year in 2023. But for 2022, I, I think Cam Akers is going to have to be off my draft board. So when we're talking about injuries in the fantasy football realm, we're, we're talking about risk, right? Like how far is a guy going to fall or what is you know where, what type of value is he going to provide? Where you grab him or trade him, trade for him, or however you acquire the however you acquire this player, and Cam Akers has a lot of upside, um, but I think there's just way too much unknown about this injury right now, um, and I'm not going to be pulling the trigger on him either. the The risk is the risk is just too great. You know we were talking about. Uh, a little bit ago we were talking about drafting Christian McCaffrey with a high pick and how you, you just can't waste a high draft pick on a guy who's not going to be on the field. And while Cam Akers is not going to be a high draft pick, I think there's a lot of other guys that are on they're going to be on the board when he's there that'll provide you with more value. I'd have to say there's probably more upside with Christian McCaffrey just based on the fact that he doesn't have a lot of competition. Cam Akers, I mean you got Darrell Henderson right behind him there, and I would, I would probably rather take him over Cam Akers just for the safety of him. You know, you you do bring up an interesting point there that uh, Christian McCaffrey doesn't have anybody behind him, and that's that's very very true. But if the guy can't stay on the field, then that whoever is behind him is going to have to step up, whether it's Chuba Hubbard or somebody else. So I guess we uh, we agree that both of these guys are kind of do not touches this year. So let's. Let's maybe give him a, a one-year prove-it deal, send him to somebody else's roster, and uh, if things turn around for next year, we can we can grab him then. So another interesting running back in Jacksonville that's coming off an injury is uh, the, the rookie, and still a rookie because he didn't get to play at all in ETN, um, coming off a, another fairly significant injury, a Liz Frank injury. Um, good things for him. He is young. Um, which is going to help his healing process go quicker. And uh, it also happened fairly early in training camp, so he's had a lot of time to recover. 
and this is one guy that uh, I am fairly high on for the most part. Um, looking into this injury, there have been guys who've come back from it a little bit. Um, uh, Julio Jones being one of them, Le'Veon Bell being another, and uh, like guys also have had it in college, like Eliza Mitchell, and they have come back as well. So um, it's going to depend on, I haven't heard about his second surgery yet, and if they took that screw out, that's generally something that happens with a Liz Frank injury, um, because if uh, they uh, don't have the screw taken out, it can break like uh, like it did with Julio. You're, you remember that one, TJ? Oh, I sure do. That one, uh, that one hit hard. Is that the year you spent fifty dollars on him? Yeah, that's yeah. That is. Um, <laughs> no, I, uh, I I like Jacksonville. I think that they are uh, definitely a turnaround team the next couple of years. I think uh, if they keep adding pieces the way that they are, they have a lot of good young talent, and I think it could be a, a pretty good team here. Um, hopefully, things kind of start to click for them, but. I'm not scared of ETN at all. I think that, uh, you know, he, he's kind of who they got right now, whether or not they add somebody if Robinson comes back. But right now, I mean, he's going to kind of be the guy in the running back room. So. so so, let me ask you this. Let's take a look at maybe compare him to another rookie from last year. Travis ETN or Michael Carter? So that's a good analogy, I think, um, kind of pitting those two against each other. Jacksonville, I feel like they're kind of a team that's going to be on the rise here. Um a lot of the moves the Jets have been making, I feel like they're going to be a team on the rise. they got a nice young quarterback. Carter definitely showed some good flashes last year. ETN being kind of an unknown commodity, I, I feel like I'm going to have to go with Carter over ETN. Okay. Okay. That was a... What I, about I, you? I, I it, it, Like you said, it's a, it's a good comparison, and that's kind of why I brought it up. Um, I guess the one thing about ETN is that there is a lot of unknown there. They got a new head coach. Trevor Lawrence did not look to fit the bill of what he was sold as. Um, they got a lot of new wide receivers down there. Um, a lot of a lot of people they paid money to that really kind of scratch. Most people are kind of scratching their head about. Um, got to so pay the jack stacks. The jack stacks. I like that. Um, so ETN is a bit of a wild card. Michael Carter, definitely a little bit more of a solid pick. Um, and I I would definitely consider Michael Carter over Travis ETN. But the one thing that ETN does have going for him and why why it makes it such a tough decision is that he has the, the running back room to himself. He is the only guy. So um, I, I might lean, I, I think I would lean ETN in that situation. Yeah, if we're looking at him right now today, uh, the Jets is definitely a little bit of a more crowded running back uh, crew there. So um, ETN definitely does have that. We'll see if they add somebody maybe in the draft or um, yet through free agency. Um, you know, I feel like they could use a real good ground and pound type guy. And then I'm kind of curious what they're going to do with ETN. You know, if they turn him into like an Alvin Kamara, he might be a really nice commodity there. But uh, if they use him a little less just due to his size then you know maybe maybe he'll be kind of a nice change of pace guy but a little more of a kareem hunt somebody that you're going to want as your maybe rb2 but not maybe your 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 lead guy so i just want to see how that one plays out you know talking about draft strategies and how we we both kind of mentioned earlier that we like to wait on quarterbacks if you're a manager 
that likes to uh, likes to take chances on quarterbacks and draft them pretty high. And you're as you get down the list there, um, and you need and you need a running back that's going to start every week. You're going to start to see some of these guys like Kareem Hunt, AJ Dillon, uh, go before. ETN and if you want a guy who's going to you you know you get down the draft and you're going to need a guy who's going to start ETN's going to be sitting there on the board for you. So um most definitely in that situation you might want to take a shot on. Him. We'll see how the summer develops, but I think a lot of people have forgotten about ETN. You know, the buzz kind of blew out the window with the start of the season and he's not playing. So you have your Elijah Mitchell who people remember because they they remember getting help to the playoffs with him. But ETN didn't help anybody to the playoffs. So a lot of people might overlook him, and you might be able to get a lot of good value out of him. That's actually a really good point. So, as we were talking about, you know, Jacksonville and all the the new wide receivers down there, and kind of, kind of started thinking about all these wide receivers that had ACL injuries here at the end of the year, because there was a plethora of them. Man, there was a boatload of those: Odell Beckham, Robert Woods, Gallup, Godwin, and. We all know that ACLs are ACLs and that they're pretty much a standard recovery time of a year. Um, some guys come back a little bit earlier, so it's, it's about 9 to 12 months. Uh, it can vary depending on uh, the position. And, you know, us here in Green Bay, we're, we're still waiting for David Bakhtiari to come back from his ACL injury. So there's always a risk with injured players. But every, all these guys kind of tore their ACL kind of late in the season. So recovery time to start the season is going to be in question, even though most of the reports are saying, oh, yeah, they're going to be good to go. I, I don't you know. I, I heard that about David Bakhtiari in August last year, and he didn't play a snap until week 18. So, Yeah, no, definitely a good point. Um, Robert Woods, I believe, tore his the earliest, which was in uh, early November. Uh, Odell, obviously, after the season had ended. Uh, Gallup. Um, he was in January. I don't remember exactly when Chris Godwin's was, but I know his was also later in the season. It was right when Antonio Brown was making his dramatic exit. We're talking after Robert Woods still. If I had to rank them right now, I would say probably Robert Woods, Chris Godwin, Michael Gallup, Odell Beckham would be the order of those four that I would be drafting as they drop down the boards. Definitely be looking for a drop. Obviously, your production is going to be reduced this year. One thing we've seen through all the stats we've been looking at is that after an injury, just expect less. You're going to get less. They're not going to be who they were the year previous. They're not going to be who they were two years previous. Hopefully the year after, they're going to start to rebound back, but um, definitely expect them to be down. So if you're looking for some value, these are the kind of guys that I would go after. Again, we kind of talked about it with the running backs. As you kind of wait a little later in the draft, the injured guys are the people people are going to be staying away from. But... I wouldn't stay too clear of Robert Woods. I wouldn't stay too clear of Chris Godwin. Um, Michael Gallup, I mean, they gave him a big contract, but he makes me a little nervous. We're talking about four guys here, right? So the statistics show that 30% of wide receivers who have an ACL tear don't return to play. It's going to be end up career ending. So odds are, out of these four guys, one of them is not going to make it back to the field. So definitely be cautious uh, when drafting them. Um, if I had to rank them, I would put Woods first just for the sole fact that he's probably going to return first because he tore his, uh, his injury was uh, the earliest. 
Um, I'm going to put Michael Gallup above Chris Godwin um, just because of the situation that um, the two teams are in. Um, Dak has C.D. Lamb, Dalton Schultz, and that's it. You look what Brady's got a plethora of weapons down in Tampa. Uh, We don't know if they're going to bring Gronk back. They have Mike Evans, Rashad Perryman, um, and Russell Gage. So, not that that's an exciting name or anything, um, but we'll we'll see what he can. Tom Brady lists players up, so we'll see what he can do uh, in the Tampa Bay offense. So something interesting with Michael Gallup is that he actually waited five weeks before he had his surgery. Uh, It's kind of a newer tactic that they're trying where by waiting, it's actually supposed to help facilitate a speedier recovery for their rehab um, afterwards. So So swelling causes scar tissue. So when we're dealing with surgery and recovery time, we're always trying to decrease swelling to limit the amount of scar tissue that's available because like I said before bone heals like for like that doesn't happen with soft tissue so when soft tissue is healing it, it naturally creates scar tissue well so why is scar tissue bad what does scar tissue do that's that's negative for a, for an NFL player that's an awesome question TJ scar tissue is a fibrous tissue and it is of inferior functional quality it is a very poor blood supply and it is weak when compared to normal tissue so it is subject to re-injury Scar tissue can also cause buildup, leading to a limited range of motion, and can cause pain due to having more pain receptors. So reduced range of motion, we're going to have just not not moving as well, not as flexible, uh, kind of things of that nature. Absolutely, and that's just in, and that's just in general. So by waiting for the swelling to go down, I'm I'm very interested to see how this is gonna this is gonna pan out for Michael Gallup. Um, if he comes back quicker, maybe this is something that teams are going to be trying in the future. It's always exciting to see the medical advancements and, and kind of how that adapts in the football environment. Um, if this is something that does help his recovery time, help maybe give him better range of motion or at least keep his range of motion um, and actually help um, keep his stats up in, the, in this upcoming year, I mean, that's definitely going to be something very interesting to see if, if maybe it makes ACLs even less of a big deal than they've been in the past. Um, and maybe even kind of eliminate that uh, reduced, reduced play time the following year. So um, I'm definitely excited to kind of see what happens with Michael Gallup and his stats throughout the year. Absolutely, 100%. So, I mean, Robert Woods, we kind of both said that out of these four guys, he's the one that we're probably going to take first. Robert Woods or Terry McLaurin? I'm going to take Terry McLaurin over Robert Woods. Um, they're kind of in a similar situation when it comes to quarterback. Um, Terry McLaurin's not coming off an ACL injury, so I'm definitely, I would take him over Robert Woods. Robert Woods or Allen Robinson? Allen Robinson, hands down. How about this one? I, I think this is, a, this is a pretty good comparison. Robert Woods or Amon Ra St. Brown? Huh, I guess I have Robert Woods down on my draft board more than I really thought. It's always kind of fun doing this where we kind of like throw out a couple of names because you really find out where you feel on a guy. Um, I might take Amon Ra first. I got another one for you. Robert Woods or Brandon Ayuk? Robert Woods. Okay, so there, there's your line. Um, the one receiver on this list that we really haven't talked about too much right now is Odell. That's because 
obviously he doesn't have a team. And uh, if I had to make a bet, I would bet that uh, he's the he's the one out of four that's not going to come back from this injury. So, if he does come back, I feel like it may be a mid-season signing for depth somewhere, and then he's going to kind of be like the old guy that he's not even that old. He's he's not even thirty yet, but um, it, he feels like he's been in the league for forever, and <laughs> I think just due to his his dominance while he's been in there, but um, he's definitely a name that I've been fading in the past, and I think I'm going to continue to do so. Absolutely, 100%. It's going to depend on the situation he ends up in. I mean, if he, if he ends up in Tampa, I mean, maybe I'll take a shot on him. If he, if he ends up in Green Bay, who's not going to take him because they don't take chance on injury players, but just, you know, for quarterback reference, maybe if he ends up in KC, you might be willing to throw a dart at a board and maybe hit something. But uh, right as it stands right now, Odell's probably going to fall off my draft board pretty far. So speaking of Kansas City, Juju just signed there, and turns out he actually is kind of replacing another wide receiver that just left there in Tyreek Hill. So he did have a, a shoulder injury. Was it just a dislocated shoulder last year? Or? He, he had a shoulder injury. Um, Juju's coming off a, a rough injury from the year before, and then uh, he finally got going a little bit, and then he had the injury here. Um, he came back. Um, I I think I think Juju's gonna be just fine. Whether or not he's gonna replace Tyreek Hill's target share, right here is the question. Um, because uh, the big big news coming out of uh out of Twitter today, um, was definitely Tyreek Hill getting jettisoned to uh, Miami. There's there's that's gonna open up a lot of targets in KC. And Juju Smith is going to be there to be on the other end of some of those targets. So I definitely think having a quarterback upgrade over um, the shell of Big Ben uh, last year to Patrick Mahomes this year is definitely going to help uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. But don't forget, you still got Josh Gordon on that roster as well. So um, there's there's going to be a lot of targets to go around in KC. I really don't have an opinion on Juju at this time. I want I want to see what else, where the other dominoes are going to fall. There's a lot of unknowns with Juju right now. The upgrade definitely is going to be a big benefit to him. It's been a while since his 2018 season where he, he did almost get to 1,500 yards and he hasn't even broken 1,000 cents. Degrading play from Big Ben, you got to assume that's a factor there. Um, didn't quite hit that target share either that he did hit in that 2018 season uh, where he really did go off. But he is still a good wide receiver, and having a much upgraded quarterback, I think it's going to do some good stuff. I'm going to expect that his production is going to be a little bit better than we've seen the last couple of years. I think he's going to actually come off this injury just fine, and he might be some good value in your draft. Absolutely, he's going to be some good value in your draft. Are you taking him over Robert Woods? I'm taking him over Robert Woods. There you go. So Juju or Michael Gallup? Yeah, Juju. I'm I'm interested to see what's going to happen with Gallup, but right now I don't think he's going to be there to start the season. And I and I and I know Juju is going to be there to start the season. And I mean Juju is looking to be there number two behind Travis Kelsey. So Travis Kelsey is another interesting one. Not that he's been injured or anything, but he's starting to hit that age where tight ends start to fall off. And it's going to be interesting because he's, what, 31-plus now? So I believe he's been at the age where tight ends fall off for the last couple of years and has. This is also very true. 
So I'm not betting against Travis Kelsey. I think he's still the number one tight end. I saw a tweet today that said without Tyreek Hill in Kansas City, Tyreek that Travis Kelsey should be the number one overall pick. And uh, if uh, if you want to take Travis Kelsey number one overall, I can't find a reason not to. Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna do it, but. Um... <laughs> uh, is there anybody else that you want to mention today, TJ? I think we've hit all the big injuries. I'd love for you guys to tell us, though, any other players that you want to talk about, any other injuries that you maybe want us to discuss or try to break down for you. You know, let us do the research for you. Anything you're curious, just shoot it on over to us. Uh, we have the fantasyor at gmail.com. You can shoot all your email questions over there. Or you can find us on Twitter at thefantasyor or on Instagram at thefantasyor. Uh, thank you guys very much for listening, and we hope that you come back and listen to us again.